Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about rising from the ashes with the help of special guest John Murphy of Murphy Brothers Design Build Remodel in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone out there, Tim Fowler here and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. Hey, just want to say keep those ideas coming. Uh, Tim at RemodelersAdvantage.com. And uh, again, just saying, if anybody wants me to come take a look at their company and see what's going on and maybe give you a jump on uh, getting your production running real effectively, shoot me a note for that as well. So have you ever wondered what you would do if disaster struck your family or your business? So uh, whenever I have thought about this, you know, in my head, I've positioned myself as the stoic, you know. The man's man that faces it with a stone face and very, very little emotion. Well, fortunately, I haven't had to be that person because honestly, I don't think I'd be that stoic. So, uh, you know, I'm just glad nothing's happened. There's been a couple of times when I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great? Because then I could actually build this house the way I wanted it to be. Right. And then I sat back and thought, well, what an inconvenience and what a big problem that would be as well. So I've only come close to disaster a couple of times, a couple of hurricanes, uh, one when we were in Georgia, uh, Superstorm Sandy that came through uh, the East Coast a few years back. Uh, but me personally, never really experienced any great loss. We did a podcast a bit ago with our friends at Rosie on the House in Arizona who had some trauma in the company when the business owner was hurt in an accident. And it was fascinating to see how they reacted. It was really clear that the company had been looking ahead, not anticipating an accident, but they were looking ahead to uh, actually facilitate the owner's exit, which in some ways helped them survive the trauma that happened uh, for the company. And so I heard about this acquaintance of mine in Minneapolis that had a fire in their office and their shop. And I thought, well, let's, let's get John on and just talk a little bit about what's it like to experience this kind of trauma in a business. It's not a personal injury kind of thing like we talked with Rosie on the house, but just uh, the office and everything that you have destroyed, and in this case, by a fire. So that's what we're talking about today, Steve. Let's go ahead and get started, Tim. So John Murphy started his company, Murphy Brothers Design, Build, Remodel, in 1983, just over a year after college. After graduating in 1981 with a business administration major, an economics minor, John thought he was escaping the construction field that he had worked in part-time for about six years starting in high school. Thinking that his degree was his ticket to graduate from hard physical work, he started his new career in life in annuity insurance sales. After a year, he was making 
about half of what he had been making as a carpenter and having a wife and new baby to care for, he decided to go back to what he had been doing to pay the bills for most of his working life. It was at that time that instead of asking for his old job for his uh, job back, he decided to go it alone. The company actually started as John Murphy Builders, but was renamed Murphy Brothers as about a decade later as John's brothers had joined the business. He's still not sure if that degree paid off, but he did hang up his tool belt in 1997 and promoted himself to an office job. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, how are you doing, Tim? Doing, doing really well. Hey, thanks for being on with us. I know this can be kind of a, a trauma all over again talking about stuff, but before we get into the fire, just tell us a little bit about the business itself. W- what did you guys do? How big was it? Maybe what your annual volume was uh, in, or is in general? Well, Tim, as uh, you know, I started the business in 83 and, and after working in the field many years um, with my belt on, um, finally got into a mode where I was able to think about business growth, business growth, uh, where we are at just in the last year is, uh, we're, in, we're we'll do about a little over $8 million in business this year. And we're just over 40 employees that includes the paint and fine finishing division. And, uh, on May 23rd of this year, we actually, uh, or I should say May 23rd of last year, we actually celebrated our 35th year in business which coincidentally happened to be the same exact date as the fire occurred earlier this year. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that was quite a quite an anniversary present. So uh, tell us a little bit about the fire. How did it start? What what was the scenario? And uh, maybe like, was it middle of the night, middle of the day? How did all that stuff happen? Give us a little rundown on that, on what happened. Well, that night... Um, uh, about 3.30 in the morning, um, I got some texts or my phone started ringing and I usually keep my phone in the kitchen. So um, I can hear it from the bedroom, but it's not, you know, real loud. Um, and it stopped ringing and I thought, oh, it's probably a prank call or something. And then about a, uh, two minutes later, it started ringing again. And by the time I got there, the, the, somebody had hung up. But found out it was actually my uh, paint manager who the fire department had got a, gotten a hold of. And he told me we had a little fire down at the office. I'm down here right now. And I just <laughs> said, I'll be, I'm on my way. Right. So, um, so I actually jumped in my truck. I got about a half hour drive to the office and, you know, you're, you're just kind of thinking, well, you know, how bad is it or what's, you know, what's really going on as I, and I turned onto the street that our office is on it reminded me of a, a county fair or something as it was uh, about 4:30 in the morning. It was still dark out and uh, there was 15, 16 emergency vehicles blocking the street in front of my building, um, including a fire truck with a, a boom up. And I didn't realize they have led lights up and down the size of those. So there's blue and white and red lights flashing and uh, quite a spectacle spectacle to turn on to. But as I, I got closer. Um, one of the police or one of the firemen came up to me and said, are you John? I said, yes. He says, here, I'll move these trucks, pull up here. And I looked at the building as I went by and I could see smoke and, and steam coming out of the back. But the front of the building, actually, I thought, well, it doesn't look totally horrible. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Yeah, so as I walked around to the back and saw that, uh, you know, about a third of the roof had caved in and looking through, uh, there was about 15 firemen with um, cutoff saws and cutting and dragging uh, pieces of roof section away and spraying, uh, controlling hot spots. Um, I, the gravity of the size of the, and the impact of the fire kind of hit home. Wow. Yeah, so I so I mentioned the stoic thing in my intro. Well, how did you feel right then? I mean, what what was the emotion that you had just standing there looking at uh, your life in terms of work uh, burning up? And I guess, too, people just cutting it up and dragging it around. That seemed like that would be uh, pretty traumatic. Uh, it was, but to set the stage, um, maybe, maybe it was just added to my story at that point. Um, I, earlier in uh, the year in January, actually my younger brother, Dan discovered he had lung cancer. Oh man. And, and as this, uh, fire and stuff happened, um, he was, um, unfortunately getting close to losing the battle. And uh, five days after the fire, he actually passed away. Mm. So in some respects, dealing with him, his life, and the whole kind of the emotions that had been uh, brought to the surface through that almost made the fire just seem like a num- another chapter in that story. Wow. So I'd say maybe, maybe I was a little bit emotionally exhausted by the time the fire happened and it and maybe I probably was a little stoic, like you said, because <laughs> there wasn't really, I didn't really have the energy to, uh, um, you know, to, to uh, overreact to it. Yeah. So did you have, did you have people on your team that kind of helped you negotiate all the stuff that has to happen when this kind of thing goes on since you were experiencing this uh, situation with your brother as well? Um, I did, and I think my team was, um, you know, really able to step up right away. But that that first day after, when we were standing in the in front of the buildings, now it was maybe I'd been on site two or three hours. Um, you know, certain members of my staff showed up. The ones that normally do for work, right? They were showing up, going, right. "Wow, what do we do?" Um, but I found those. I had a whole bunch of Indians, and I wasn't in a position to say what you know everybody's saying what are we supposed to do what should we do next and i didn't have much of an answer at that point um i actually had a couple personal friends probably uh, two different couples showed up too um we actually had vendors showing up right at the fire somebody brought um breakfast sandwiches and coffee and other things started showing up i mean this is literally hours after the after the fire had taken place and what i hadn't realized is that the, the story had made our our, our main uh, television station news early in the morning. So oh, wow. there was, uh, I had uh, vendors and clients and friends all of a sudden inquiring about the fire and what happened, who, uh, yeah, at first I'm wondering how, how did, how this news travel so fast? And then I found out. Wow. But, yeah. It's, it's amazing how the community will come together on, on these kinds of things. Once they find out that, uh, you know, a major, I know you guys are a major component in the community. And so you, uh, you get that kind of response. So I guess one of the questions I had is how did, how did your clients that you're in the middle of jobs respond to this? Because this must've been, like you said, you didn't quite know what to tell people. 
you know, where to go, you know, that day and probably some days after. But uh, how did your clients respond for the jobs that you had in progress? Um, the jobs in progress, I don't think I had any real pushback from anybody. Um, I had all my sales designers, uh, you know, each talk to their clients and tell them what happened. Um, I would say at that point, I, maybe they felt like uh, they didn't need, I didn't need to hear from them because of what I was probably having to right. deal with. Yeah. yeah. So, so nobody there actually even reached out at all. On the other side, the broader remodeling community, uh, being I've been involved in RE for over 20 years and, right. and, um, and just, uh, other, you know, regional, um, um, round tables and other things. I did have, uh, I, I had a, over two dozen other remodeling companies that I have touched on some level over the years reach right. out. They offered conference rooms. They offered, uh, you know, help on a as needed basis or equipment. They said, if you short something, let us know. So um, I obviously have way more offers than I could even possibly utilize. Um, we were able to utilize uh, some spot office space for a couple individuals and uh, conference rooms for a couple meetings. Um, but then our vendors were big on that too, and we're actually still making good use of uh, vendor <laughs> um, conference rooms as uh, for our weekly sales meetings and other things. Chamber of Commerce, that's another organization that uh, was close to us, and we've used their conference room dozens of times in this period. Yeah, so I think maybe one of the big lessons coming out of this is uh, be involved in your remodeling community because then – when these kinds of things happen, and thankfully they don't happen a lot, but when they happen, then there's a whole community of people that understand and that can can help you out with stuff, even as simple as just a place to have a meeting. You know, I, just, I don't think we understand really uh, how critical our office space is until something like this happens. Right. Um, one other thing that did play into our favor is we do have another location across town, a small remodeler who I had uh, bought out about um, four years ago um, as his retirement plan. Um, we had set up a showroom and a conference room there, oh. and it's about a half hour away across town from where our main office was located, but that was actually be, uh, really beneficial. I certainly didn't uh, become involved and buy that office because of uh, this event, <laughs> right. but, it, but it actually worked out to be very beneficial. And at least we did have a place where even if everybody had to drive a little more, where we could get basic office duties, printing, scanning, um, uh, workstation to sit down, plug in your computer. Uh, we, and us, we have a showroom and a conference room there too. Um, so that actually ended up being really helpful and also just maintaining the image to our clients and potential clients that we are still in business and yeah. Um, yeah. not just going to disappear. Yeah. So if you don't mind, what was the total, the dollar amount of damage? Was it in the two to three to $400,000 or, or what? Well, um, well, that'd be a nice thought. We're, we're probably with the building losses uh, going to be a total uh, we're still negotiating with the insurance company, but oh, okay. uh, we're it'll be around 1.2 million. Oh my goodness! And then, and then the um, um, contents is I, we're still trying to get our heads around it. So that goes among lessons learned, right? About taking right. inventory of what you have. There you um, go. But but we did. Um, that, that's going to end up in the 
three to four hundred thousand range and then there's also last business there's you know other incidentals that'll probably be another hundred to two hundred wow the the whole loss um which again something that i guess i i didn't think about before is is because my building was owned separate from the construction company it was actually insured with an uh, a different insurance company than my main business and I'm still trying to figure out if that was good or not because, of course, they, there's a little pushback. There is a little bit of crossover and coverage. Right. And at some point, um, I need some one of them to step up and those guys can figure out who really pays for it. But, um, <laughs> again, I'm not sure I've come to an idea if that was a good strategy or not so good strategy. It still seems to be up in the air. Yeah, yeah. So what what did you do when you look back on it? What did you do that you thought that you did very, very well? Uh, in in the wake of this uh, event in the in the life of this business, what 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 do you think went really well in it? Right. Well, I had mentioned the remodeler across town that I had taken over, yep. so that that was a good thing. But that was probably not a reason for doing that. So right. Just right. to be clear. Right. Um, that uh, that um, following Monday, the the fire happened on a Thursday night. Friday was was kind of a fog, and the weekend was. You know, we're still dealing with my brother and all that. So, right. um, I don't know if I even really remember that weekend. From now. <laughs> other, other than we got through it, and then on Monday morning we had uh, my core admin team get together and we made a plan. We kind of assessed what we had, what we didn't, and then we made priority of the things that we needed to put things back together. Um, among the things we discussed at that meeting was to have a meeting that Friday. The week after um, an all-company meeting, we actually had it in the parking lot next to our ruins, <laughs> and we we which was actually worked out really good. We actually had it um, uh, was a morale builder, um, settling down some uncertainty, and yes. then we took time to redefine our future. So we said um, we would take this time, and and we came up with a tagline, or it kind of came to me that night. Um, which, which has been on all our emails and not as getting anything published or on the web is um, leaner, stronger, better, which mm-hmm. is what we're carrying forward in terms of uh, the opportunity that that is here because of the fire. John, had you had any preparation in talks or in your own kind of thoughts or in preparation for this uh, tragedy? I mean, leading up to it, was it what was in place? Um, well, things that, um, were in place, um, I, you know, I guess the biggest thing was just having uh, a good core of people that you trust, um, that to have your back and, and, uh, you know, those are relationships and it, it spelled out the importance of uh, maintaining good, strong relationships with people, uh, you know, not only your personal life, but your business life. Um, both in your company and in your greater community. And I think uh, if you have a good network and a good foundation like that, um, you have a good chance to overcome any kind of trial. Yeah. Yeah. Now, John, you seem like a pretty upbeat person, but this must have been like a roller coaster ride of emotions. So could you kind of give us like, well, maybe one of the high points is this this team meeting where you come up with a new slogan and you kind of look forward to the future. 
What do you think was like the lowest point for your emotions through this whole thing? Right. Well, it, it, I would say it really was maybe a month or six weeks into it. Oh, wow. Because, of course, because our plans was really, I you know, first I put a really, what I thought seemed like a really pragmatic plan together. And here, let's just get executing. This is just like another project. We <laughs> do projects all the time. Right. Uh, we're experts at building prototypes. This whole process is a prototype. So, you know, let's get on with it. Um, but it was really later, um, you start realizing the, the things you didn't think of yet, um, you know, in terms of rebuilding, well, as long as we're, we're going to put this back together, what does that look like? And then of course, everything from working with insurance companies started bogging down in terms of making progress and you start feeling like you're pushing really hard. Things aren't moving very fast. Um, so I, I, and then the, you know, you start adding up the dollars and, you know, of course the insurance company by nature pushes back and you're like, sure. oh, well, they're not, their numbers don't work. So there's another <laughs> fight we got to have. And, you know, so I think all of that, and then it, it had been, you know, I, I think the whole thing with my brother and his passing and then dealing with that, yeah. I actually put the building stuff over on the sidelines for a while. Right. So. And then it kind of culminated, right? Then kind of everything was like, wow, this has been uh, quite a year. Yeah. So, um, so it was really that time later, and I had some anxiety about just, you know, how are we going to get through this? And you start to uh, say you, you maybe have uh, sleep a little less and eat a little less, and next thing you know, you lose a few pounds. And not that I'm advocating that kind of diet, but <laughs> it worked that way. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So this is kind of like, like I know for a lot of people, like a death in the family, it doesn't really hit you until six or eight weeks later when something triggers those emotions. And so it seems like that's a very similar kind of event or a kind of a reaction that you had for this event. So I'm wondering about like record keeping. Was there a, a, a real challenge like with having the the, all the information you needed either for jobs or for taxes or for uh, other uh, use of your records? Because it seemed like in a fire, they would be pretty well torn up. Yes, that was a, um, a big, a big deal. Um, it would be right. If you didn't have your records, I mean, right. That, yeah. would, that could, that could end things. Uh, fort- fortunately we did have, uh, you know, our, we have a ser- had a server that operated most of our, um, files, job files that operated in the business. Um, but fortunately not everything was there. And over the last three years, we were very, um, I would say we're probably power users of builder trend. So everything that we had from, for client records and client information was on the cloud and are in the cloud. And that, um, was probably the single biggest reason why our clients didn't feel as much impact as they might've. Um, otherwise it would have been very hard to piece a lot of things back together that were there. Now, while we do have files and stuff on our server, we were very fortunate there because our server actually uh, was up in the, um, an area above the offices that was, wasn't far from where the main fire was. And that, that quarter of the building got totally gutted and turned into molten metal and ash, if you will. Right. But, um, I, I had a server that was sitting up there, and of course, that was an early thing. Can we save the server? 
and I actually was the first one up there. I had a flashlight, and the keys were actually drooping, kind of melted. There was a, a keyboard sitting on top of the server. Right. And I said, well, that's not, that's not very good. But um, we actually unplugged it. My IT guy, uh, we got it to him later that morning, and um, we um, were able to uh, a, a, at least remove the drives and get those um, up and running um, by the end of the day. And by that night, we actually had a server that was uh, up and running. Um, wow. And we were able to log into. That's amazing. That's really amazing. So, so John... Are you at liberty to share with us how this fire started? Uh, yes, I'd like to share that, actually. Um, okay. So uh, we, as I mentioned earlier, we had a paint shop in the back. Yep. And uh, it had been there for almost 20 years where we pre-finished cabinets, millwork, windows, um, things that uh, expedited our time on job site by having them come in pre-finished and it it actually had a life of its own and we did uh, work for at least a dozen other uh, contractors and cabinet shops um, and that became just something we didn't had in the back um, unfortunately most people have probably heard of you shouldn't leave a, a stain rag in a in a garbage can right and let it right. dry out yeah um, one of the guys made some door samples and wiped off a couple small cabinet doors with a couple of rags. And honestly, uh, we don't know exactly who. I'm not sure I want to because everybody back there was a good long-term employee at that time. Right. Um, uh, and we don't even know if the painter guy was doing the, 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 the uh, samples actually caused it because um, there was carp a couple carpenters working in a, an adjacent bay. And uh, somehow a couple of rags, um, two or three rags, probably not too saturated, got dropped into a Rubbermaid garbage can. And then at the end of the day, that Rubbermaid garbage can actually got moved into a location where it was uh, seen by our security cameras. Ah. So we actually, we actually have a video of the whole event from uh, when it started smoking. Oh, my goodness. Um, the 30 minutes till it took till a uh, flame started and then actually the flame burned in that garbage can and contained in that area for about 45 minutes before it actually took off on the rest of the surrounding uh there was some rack of cabinet doors there oh wow so wow. um yeah so it's kind of interesting and actually we have it posted on our web my uh, marketing <laughs> director yeah. Um, he made a, a very instructive video on the dangers of it, um, oh, which actually wow. got many views. So what? if anybody goes to MBROS at Ambrose.com and wants to look at our blogs, they would, or just do a general search for fire. Um, that video is there and it gets a little bit too in our, our rebuilding effort and the meeting we had um, that following week. That that's so, so fantastic. Uh, my brother actually had an experience on a job site where a floor finisher left a rag in a, a bucket full of sawdust, and he was actually there and managed to get this trash can out of the building before it caught on fire. But it, it happens more often than we would like to believe, and uh, people really have to watch out for that. So, John, we're going to wrap this thing up. This has been fascinating. I've got half a page of notes of things that that I picked up on, but uh, just maybe 
maybe one little nugget here for everybody. Like, what would you tell everybody about this experience to just kind of either warn them or prepare them or, or whatever you think is appropriate? Well, I don't have one nugget, but I might have a, <laughs> a few. Well, give us <laughs> but, what you got. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the the, the main, a big thing is, especially in today's world, is as much of your business as you can make make sense, try and operate on the cloud. Yeah. Because um, that's there no matter what happens to your business or where you are, right? You can do stuff yeah, from anywhere yeah. in the world. Um, next thing is really review and understand your business insurance and coverage. Um, yeah. In hindsight, there's some things I do different, and I'd spend more time really thinking about it. Um, but honestly, I probably would spend about an hour and a half every year reviewing stuff with my agent. Right. And a lot of it, I'd think about it a minute and go, nah, that sounds good. Let's go with it, right, without right. really doing any math. Yep. So that that's important. And uh, I'd say, you know, take plenty of pictures and video um, if you have somebody you can do it, because I certainly was in no condition to in the, after it, but my, my marketing manager was on it, and then he was really good at telling our story everywhere and putting it in a positive light. We weren't we weren't trying to hide from it or pretend it didn't happen. Right. Um, it obviously did, so we wanted to be able to at least um, – let people make people confident that we had our arms around it and we were moving forward. Wow. And, uh, and lastly, just don't take safety training for granted. Uh, <laughs> don't ever assume that your staff has it down cold, no matter how long they've been doing it. And, you know, even seasoned employees need refreshers and reminders from time to time. Yeah. That's so fantastic. John, thank you so much for, yes. Uh, spending some time with us and uh, just helping us be aware. I, I find that the more we talk about this stuff, the less often it happens. So if I can help out by talking, I, I, I will. So thank you so much, John. I really appreciate it, Tim. I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Thanks a lot. Take care, John. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Well, Tim, you started off this episode talking about, you know, uh, your own, kind of reflection on how you would handle a situation like this. And I think we have a confidence in ourselves, but you know, after John described what he went through and I really thank him for sharing what he did in terms of what happened in his business life, but it coincided with something, a tragedy that was happening in his personal life. And it's a testament to John and his company on, you know, just the way this story has unfolded, but really, I mean, it makes you rethink, you know, how would you get through something like that? It's a very, wow, what a difficult situation. Yeah, it's it's amazing uh, the way he handled it. And there were a couple of things that came out of it for me. One was the cloud thing. And he mentioned that right at the very end. And that, you know, just reinforced to me how important the technology is that we have nowadays for that reason and for a lot of other reasons. I think the other thing, and I, I made a point about mentioning it in the middle of the podcast, was being involved with your community in a way that other people can help you yeah. when this kind of thing happens. I I just hate to think about what it would be like to basically not have any friends and yeah. have this kind of thing go down. And, you know, the Red Cross would step in and, and take care of a few things, but uh, the way he's been involved with his uh, building organization and, and the community, the community stepped in and they're still uh, using some of those facilities. And then just the idea of taking inventory of what you have already 
so that when it, if something like this ever happens, you have a very careful uh, inventory. And while I'm just sitting here thinking about it, almost everybody listening to this podcast has stuff and or a house. And it doesn't matter whether it's your business or your home to take advantage of some of this wisdom and, yeah. uh, and, and get ready. Cause something could happen. No. And it happens all the time, you know, and <laughs> it never happened to us, but this is a prime example of, you know, him having things in place. And, you know, even though he didn't plan for it, he was involved in his community. He did hire people that yes. know, were there for him. And, you know, all along he was. Maybe he didn't plan, but he had been yep. doing it all along. So once again, we really want to thank John Murphy for joining us today. And we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. So just breaking a little bit of tradition here, but just imagine if John had stood up and said, well, it is what it is, where would they be now? So let's get rid of that terminology from our vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.